Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Stronger Minds podcast, where I, Kimberly Wilson, chartered psychologist, bring you insights into the mind, along with the latest information and research on how to build healthy brains. I realise that while those of you who follow me on Instagram will know where I've been and what I've been up to, I hadn't officially announced it on the podcast. So in case you didn't know, I've spent the last year writing a book all about taking care of your brain, and I thought I would give you a quick audio overview of the book, just in case you haven't been following along on socials. But first, a reminder that this podcast now supports girls' education through She's the First, a charity that supports girls who are the first in their families and communities to go to school. If you'd like to support the campaign, all you have to do is listen to the podcast on the Acast platform and let the ads play. You'll be presented with an ad at the beginning and at the end and in longer episodes in the middle. So really, it's about letting the one at the end play because the first two, I don't think you have much choice about. The revenue from the adverts will be used to fund our girls group who are in Uganda and call themselves the Change Makers. And I'll be sharing updates on their progress over on Instagram. So yes, for the past year, I've been writing my very first book. It's called How to Build a Healthy Brain. It was published last week on the 5th of March, and it's the reason that I've been so quiet on the podcast since last spring. Thank you very, very much for your patience on this. I'm really sorry to have left you hanging, but each episode of the podcast takes a few days to research, record and edit, and I just hadn't had the time to do it whilst also writing the book and doing my day job. But don't worry, I do have lots of things planned for the podcast. It's not going anywhere. It's just had a little bit of a break, uh, and there are some exciting announcements that will be coming up for you very shortly too. But for now, I thought I would tell you a little bit more about the book, why I wanted to write it and what you can expect. But first, a couple of quick questions for you. So a little pop quiz. Question one, what is the leading cause of death in the UK? A little bit morbid, but important, I'm sorry. And question two, what illness is the leading cause of disability around the world? Now, most people would guess things like cancer, diabetes, and heart disease for either one of those questions, but they would be wrong. The leading cause of death in the UK is dementia, and the leading cause of global disability is depression. And furthermore, after accidents, suicide is the main cause of death in young people. And what do all of these have in common? 
the brain, right? So young or old, the leading causes of illness and disability are brain or mental health related. But while most people would be able to list advice on how to look after their physical health, very few people know how to protect their brain or mental health. And many more people don't realise that there are things that you can do to help reduce your risk of disorders such as Alzheimer's disease. Most people think that it's all down to luck, but the research suggests that if people were to adopt the best practice, so the lifestyle habits that are most associated with better brain health, then around a third, so that's 11 to 15 million global cases of Alzheimer's disease could be prevented. And I think that this is information that the public should be much more aware of. And that's why I talk about brain health on my page and why I wrote the book. To give you a heads up, I really designed the book to be a kind of brain health Bible so that by the end of it, you'll have a really good working knowledge of the brain and how factors such as nutrition, exercise and even dental health can affect it. And most importantly, at the end of each chapter, I provide you with practical tips and tools that you can use straight away to help to nudge you towards better brain health. So it's not just a kind of theory book. I really want it to be very, very practical. And I really want you to feel confident that you know what to do and how to tweak some of the things that you do every day more in the direction of a healthier brain. And as you might expect, of course, I've worked very hard to stick to the evidence. And I talk about this in the opening chapters, but just to kind of reiterate that as much as possible, the evidence that I cite is from human trials and meta-analyses. And I've tried to only refer to animal studies where it's not possible or ethical to conduct the trials on humans. So the information should be as relevant to you as possible. In the book, I start out by giving you a whistle-stop tour of the brain. So much like the IGTV videos that I've been doing on Instagram, some very quick introductions to brain anatomy. And I've done this because I think understanding how something works helps you to remember it better. I could just tell you to eat more vegetables and eat some fish, but it might not be clear why that's important. But if I show you, for example, that the fats from fish make up the cell membranes or help your brain cells to send messages, then I think it'll make more sense to you and help it to stick in your mind better. And that's important to me because, as I say, I don't want this just to be another self-help book that people just read and then put on the shelf and forget about. These illnesses are some of the biggest health crises that we face. And I think we need changes across the board. And that's from individuals to governments and international policy to improve the current trajectory. And in my wildest dreams, in my biggest ambitions, I would love this book to contribute to people not just feeling better in themselves in a few weeks, but ideally for years to come. So we whiz around the brain and I talk a little bit about how to tell good research from bad research, which I think is very important. And I've done that just because really social media is the wild west when it comes to health claims and um, people are saying a lot of things and there's not very much regulation uh, if any at all and just knowing even the very basics about whether a piece of information that you read is relevant to you can really help to protect you from misinformation but if you're not the kind of person who needs all the science you can skip these opening chapters and just head straight to the one that i've called the major players and the major players are the big processes that occur in the brain that I think are the main factors in your long-term brain health. One improves it and the other increases the risk of things like depression and neurodegenerative disorders. And so the rest of the book is really about understanding what things you might be doing day to day that influence the major players. 
So then after that, I talk about the three types of stress and how they affect the brain. And then we get started on the individual lifestyle factors. So starting with sleep, which is why I was buying all of those expensive pillows and weighted blankets last summer. And then we go on to nutrition. And the nutrition chapter is really, really long. (laughs) I had a bit of a back and forth with one of the editors who thought that we should cut it down, but I really couldn't see how. So we compromised by splitting it into the nutritional habits that are linked to better brain health and others that are linked to poorer brain outcomes. And then because I get asked about this every time I do a talk, I have a chapter on the evidence around fasting and brain health. Then one of my favourite chapters is exercise, where I talk all about the really fascinating ways that movement of all kinds can literally reshape your brain and reverse brain ageing. And then after that, I talk about breathing. And really, that chapter is about a very important structure in the body called the vagus nerve. And it's the main highway that connects the brain to the gut, but it also plays a really powerful role in the stress response and you can tap into it with the right kind of breathing techniques, which I walk you through. And then, and I hope this is where this book will differ from other kinds of fix your brain books, is that I walk you through the role of emotions and emotional management on brain health. And I'm always saying on my Instagram page that you should take your emotions seriously, and that's because they have a profound effect on your mental health but most people try to ignore them. But if you think about it, when someone has a psychiatric or psychological assessment, what we're looking for are what kinds of emotions they're experiencing and whether these emotions are appropriate to the event or the situation that they're in. So emotional health is mental health, but we tend to separate them off. In the chapter on emotions, though, I focus on the big, difficult emotions that people tend to struggle with, like anger, envy and guilt. I explain the brain circuitry around these emotions and the social functions of them and give you a little bit of guidance on how to manage them day to day. Some of you may remember that several months back I asked again on my Instagram how many of you have an important conversation that you need to have with someone in your life but avoid it either because it feels awkward or uncomfortable or something like that. At the time, I was genuinely just curious because what I call the big conversation is something that crops up very, very often in therapy. And I wasn't sure whether what I was seeing was a more general phenomenon or just something that crops up in therapy because of a very specific kind of group of people that make it to therapy. But in fact, over 90% of you said that you had a conversation like this in the back of your mind. So I've provided a step-by-step guide on how to have the big conversation based on my experience of coaching numerous clients through the process and often seeing incredible results for them. After that, I talk about the factors associated with psychological resilience, which is the capacity to bounce back from difficulty. I provide a few psychological tricks to help you reframe problems in a way that has been proven to help you to get back on track faster. And then, so the next chapter had to be a little bit of a roundup because it was decided that otherwise the chapters would have been a little bit too small by themselves. So I talk about the really interesting but very new research on how things like heat exposure, paying attention and dental health and chronic infection affect the brain. And by the end of that chapter, I hope to have convinced you that you should start flossing every day. Then I discuss the different effects that technology and social media use have on the brain, mental health, relationships and enjoyment of life. And again, while it's early days, there is some evidence that it's the nature of your social media use that's the deciding factor on whether it will be positive or negative. And I talk about what more positive usage would look like. 
I also managed to squeeze in a little chapter on money and I wanted to do this because money worries are some of the major causes of psychological distress, depression and suicide risk. But we, especially in the UK, are rubbish at talking about money. So I wanted to just let people know that if they are struggling with money worries, they're not alone and I've provided a few resources for you to help get you back on track. Then towards the end, I give you some specific tools on problem solving. And this really relates to the fact that stress, the bad kind, and I talk about the good kind too, is one of the major brain health risks. But having effective strategies for solving problems can help to reduce stress and anxiety. So I'm hoping that will be helpful for any of you who struggle with feeling overwhelmed by your problems. And then I put in the good word for therapy and talk about how to create the right conditions to protect the mental health of children. So hopefully you can see that I've really tried to cover all the mental health bases and to make this book as useful to you as possible. I do also talk about the need for improved policy because the responsibility of health doesn't only rest with the individual, but I think changing policy starts with raising public awareness and getting people to demand better from policymakers and governments. So I really see this as a first step or just one piece of the puzzle. Okay, so that's where I've been all this time. And I had hoped that I'd still be able to keep up with regular episodes, but I think I rather underestimated the writing process or at least the way that I write. But I hope that I've written a book that is of value to anyone with a brain that they want to take care of and that I can be proud of. Thank you so much to those of you who've already bought the book and who've shared information about it. And also to everyone who's left such kind reviews on Amazon. Um, Reviews make a huge amount of difference to first time authors. So I do really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. So yes, back soon with some announcements, a couple of think pieces, book club bits and pieces, all sorts. Again, thank you very much for your patience with the podcast. If you don't already, do drop by Instagram because I am much more active there in between work and bits and pieces. So um, you will get content and information from me there. And yeah, that just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening and for your support. If you've bought it, I hope you're enjoying the book and finding value in it for yourself and your loved ones. And as ever, I wish you the very best of health. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.